You are listening to the Regent College Podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Octavio Fernandez y Mostajo. My name is Claire Perini. And welcome back to the Regent College Podcast. Friends, today you are in for a treat. We, um, we had a conversation with someone who stayed up until close to midnight to talk to us because he was uh, zooming in to talk to us from Kolkata in India. We were talking to Ivan Satyavrata, who mm-hmm. is a senior pastor of a multilingual congregation of about 4,000 in Kolkata, India. Mm-hmm. And um, their social outreach provides education and basic health care uh, to over 25,000 children. One of the big things we talked to him about was um, religious pluralism mm-hmm. and um, interreligious dialogue and some of the kind of joys and complexities around that and how do we how does he understand that living in um, a, a context which is very pluralistic and um, yet he um, has a faith in Jesus Christ and how does mm-hmm. that influence how he lives his life and how he has those conversations yeah I mean it- we asked him many questions from the approach of, is it, you know, Christianity against other religions? Like, who is the winner? Who is the loser? Is it about, you know, the disappearance of Islam? That would mean, like, the kingdom of God is being established. Would the disappearance of Buddhism would be like, yeah, Christ is winning. Woo, woo, woo. It would, like, is, that would be, like, our goal and the goal of the, of the kingdom of God to, you know, just all everybody's Christian and, and, and religions disappear. Uh, it was, it was, I mean, religious totalitarianism, that would be the word. Uh, and how do we engage people from, from other religions who, you know, like their culture is so linked to their religion? How do you mm. talk to them? Is it about, you know, negating everything they believe in and proving them wrong and, and, and you know, comparing the worst of their religion with the, with the best of Christianity? It, it's, it's, you know, that, that kind of... of, of uh, conversation that's i mean it was really good ivan was was so thoughtful he was i mean it's great to talk to to a doctor that lives there i mean he's he's born and raised he came to region now he went back he's ministering there he he like a lot of his best friends are are muslim and you know he loves uh muslims buddhist and, and, and everybody so it was an amazing conversation with dr ivan satyavrata so enjoy Ivan, welcome to the Region College podcast. It's good to have you. Thank you. It's great. Anything that has Region College on the invitation, something I jump to. <laughs> Gets you in. Well, let, 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 let's, let's just start just briefly there. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about how your, your studies at Regents has sort of shaped either your theology or your ministry? It doesn't need to be in, in a whole lot of detail, but how did Regent impact you? Two words very deeply because uh, mm. I came there, well, long time. I, I'm not sure if either of you were born then, but uh, 89, <laughs> 90. 89, I was born. 89 August uh, through to January 91. It was my first real overseas experience. We came, uh, yeah, although it was fall for you folk, for us mm. coming from India, the weather felt like a uh, serious winter. Uh, so mm. it was quite, uh, uh, you know, a challenging entry because I was quite ill within the first week or two. But 
Anyway, oh. uh, I could talk a lot about it, but let me just simply say, uh, I guess what was wonderful about Regent was uh, how they warmly embraced and welcomed internationals. Mm. Uh, and it wasn't just mm. part of Regent College's, uh, you know, promo. It wasn't their PR. It was authentic Christian community. Mm. We experienced mm. that in, in, uh, deepest, in the deepest sense of the word. That was one, the you know, community. I think perhaps that's the most significant impact. And then, of course, mm. so what the faculty uh, modeled at that time, there were, as there are now, you know, very renowned scholars, uh, Jim Packer, Michael Green, uh, Jim Houston, Gordon Fee, uh, many others. Yeah, my initial contact was with Carl Armerding as well. So mm. it was one thing to see former principals, either a region or other institutions serving alongside as faculty, which coming from our part of the world was very rare, uh, you know, where they're serve, serving alongside uh, under someone else's leadership. Mm. Two, mm. Uh, the small group experience where we were able to actually enter into the family life of some of our the faculty mm. there. Mm-hmm. and uh, see how they were at home, how they were with their families, and also see them serve. Uh, a vivid picture my wife and I have of being in Jim Houston's uh, care group. I forget what it was called, fellowship group or care group or something mm. of that nature. Yeah. And him standing at, this, you know, at the, the kitchen sink uh, with his apron, washing dishes and refusing to let anyone get close to the sink. Mm. So, so mm. servant leadership, alongside, uh, uh, you know, high-quality Christian scholarship mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, deep Christian character integrity. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, one thing that was relatively new and that impacted me deeply was region's emphasis on uh, the importance of cultural interface, you know, impacting mm-hmm. the world and the marketplace yeah, marketplace Christianity. So, yeah, I could go on and talk about it, but these yeah. are some of the things that impacted That's me deeply, great. especially in terms of uh, because I came back and within yeah, in my within the f- couple of months of returning, I was asked to serve as academic dean. Five years later, vice president of the college where I served, and eventually mm-hmm. president. So, I all what I saw about leadership at Wheaton College really helped shape my own uh, model of leadership. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Ivan. That's such a beautiful picture. Um, So we we are going to talk a little bit today about sort of diversity and religious pluralism and and you've done lots of thinking and and work on that. Can you just, as we start, what what is the difference as you see it between pluralism and religious diversity? Yeah. Uh, The difference is essentially uh, the uh, religious diversity is a descriptive term. It just describes the sociological realities in which we live in uh, 20, the 21st century, whichever part of the world we live in. Uh, so it's the fact of cultural and religious diversity, or you might even use the word plurality. Mm-hmm. Pluralism and the ISM at the end of pluralism should give it away is essentially an ideology mm-hmm. uh, that uh, might that's a response to the fact of plurality. 
and what it essentially says is that it it uh, dilutes the differences between uh, not only cultures but specifically as it's used of religious traditions. It dilutes the differences mm-hmm. between different religious traditions, mm-hmm. uh, essentially affirming that at its heart uh, all reality is one, and uh, or whatever differences that we see between various religious traditions are culturally conditioned or historically conditioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you boil down to its essence, there, there's a rough parity between the various religious traditions of the world. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, when applied to the Christian faith, and which is the context within which we encounter it uh, most often in the church, it actually says there is really nothing that's unique about the Christian faith. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the ideological push that comes is in one step further, because there is an edge to pluralism most often, which says that anyone who asserts to the contrary uh, is guilty of uh, what some would term religious totalitarianism. And Mm -hmm. uh, uh, going one step further, may even be responsible for all of the, much of the violence in the world today uh, Mm -hmm. as derived because we assert difference rather than affirming what the pluralist would have us affirm which is yeah. essential parity and uh, dilution of difference. Yeah, that, that, that kind of idea is a kind of an answer to the question of, okay, what do we do with other religions, right? Given that we assume that, you know, it's Christianity versus uh, Islam, Christianity versus Buddhism or whatnot. And, and that, that's kind of a response of, you know, taking the, uh, kind of a, a peaceful approach, right? Of Okay, I think we, they all have a common denominator. You don't have to pick and choose. One is not right. One is not wrong. Just, you know, uh, just they're all basically the same. You choose. I mean, if, if you come from, from the West, if you come from the East, from the Southeast, from South America, I mean, all of them just basically say the same, right? And But, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of, uh, you know, teaching in, 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 in some churches is always that one religion versus the other one, and they give you tools in order to prove that one is wrong and your religion is right, right? And, and it feels like sometimes part of your, of your evangelical training in, for I mean, meaning evangelism is you have to you have to know how to uh, convince the Muslim, convince the the Hindu that he's wrong and you are right. So you, you you're giving you know arguments to to you know convince him. And and I think part of the of the thing is you ha- you ha- you have to convince the other one that his religion is absolutely wrong, and he has you know have to take a one one hundred and eighty turn towards Christianity you know, forget all of it, right? What do you think about that approach? I mean, because I'm talking about that that was kind of 20 years when I was, you know, growing up. That was kind of the approach. Do you th- believe in that approach? Yeah, I mean, you can't live in my part of the world very long uh, if you <laughs> hold onto that too, uh, too deeply. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, and all, uh, the fact is even in our part of the world, there are some who would say that is the only approach and basically, it's the Old Testament paradigm of Israel versus the other religions that shapes, mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote, that crusade uh, mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we are right, they are wrong, we have it all, and uh, in some ways, they are to be conquered. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure that, co- that uh, is consonant with uh, the approach in the New Testament. 
to people of other faiths. Uh, mm. And uh, my approach uh, that I, uh, I believe I can I try to defend both theologically as well as applied practically where I live right now in, in uh, approaching people of other faiths. Mm. And we do see people of other faiths coming to Christ uh, in our church is an approach that is derived from Paul's uh, approach to the Greeks in Acts chapter 17 on Mars, okay. essentially where, among other things, because a detailed exposition beyond the scope of this discussion, he, take, he, he builds a bridge. So in one phrase, I believe the way to approach people, people of other faiths is to build a bridge uh, from where they are to Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, is a, that may sound like a simplification, but I believe with all my heart that uh, when God created human beings, it was his intent that every human being should have a relationship with him. Mm. And uh, as I understand the scripture, uh, God wants all people to be saved and God is actually mm-hmm. reaching out to all people. And if we are representing God to people of other faiths or no faith, we should reflect and resonate with God's heart, which mm-hmm. is come home. I created mm-hmm. you uh, and I know the world is messed up. And uh, because you live in the world and you're, you're born to, to, uh, you're, you know, to Adam and Eve, uh, the sin of Adam and Eve has affected you. But... I want you to come home mm. and mm-hmm. uh, I loved you enough to send my son to die for you, to show you my love. I loved you enough to take your place in mm-hmm. taking the punishment of sin. And uh, my arms are open towards you. And I think that has to be our posture uh, to begin with and right up, up to the end, at least emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. that has to be our posture. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are matters of uh, fact and truth that have to be communicated. But I think if we begin from a place that, you know, we as those who belong to the church or those of us who call ourselves Christian have it all together, we have everything, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. I think that's not only uh, mm-hmm. arrogant a posture, it's also mm-hmm. not true. I mean, I'm mm. quite sure if you and I mm. spent uh, time together, we'd find there are very, very differences between what you believe as a Christian and I believe as a Christian as mm. well. So none of mm. us have it all together, this side of eternity. What we have, and uh, even three of us who are in this, in this conversation, is we have Jesus, or to put it more accurately, Jesus has us, Christ has us. Mm. 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 And we found this treasure, this clue, which helps unlock reality to us. And uh, this is something mm-hmm. that the, the one who has found us obliges us to share with others. So mm-hmm. that's my posture in reaching out to people of other faiths. That, you know mm-hmm. what, uh, I don't have it all, but I found a decisive clue. And mm-hmm. guess what? If you give me a chance to explain it, you'll find that everything your heart is searching for, uh, objectively in your journey so far, in your, in mm. your search or in your religious tradition or in your, uh, you know, it, can, it, it applies even to someone of no faith, in my opinion. Your highest mm. point, uh, 
of search. Uh, I, I believe when you, you give Jesus a chance, you'll find that he fulfills the deepest longings uh, that are implicit in your journey as well. Mm -hmm. So rather than the traditional approach of comparing the best of the, the Christian uh, mm -hmm. uh, religion with the worst in other religions yeah. and mm -hmm. trying to you know, win an argument, uh, I think seeing all of us as human beings, stated human beings who have fallen on a journey towards truth, uh, towards salvation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only difference between me and the person who I'm, I'm uh, extending the gospel to mm -hmm. is that Jesus has found me. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Jesus has placed an obligation upon me to share him with others. Now, mm -hmm. within that context, every person is a free human being and has a choice to choose. Uh, my responsibility is, is to share with them. You know, I, I forget the person who said it, but years ago, a wise man said, evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Mm, mm. <laughs> and that might I be like it. an overstatement of the reality, but I think it captures what I think is not only uh, the biblical, a deeply Christian approach, but it's also effective. You know, mm -hmm. I, I can take you to people of other faiths who today are Christ followers, with an, and they are some of my closest friends right here. And mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the way we've approached them is similar, uh, some form of what I've described to you right now. Yeah, but like, what do you think about the idea? I mean, th this is kind of idea of, of winners and losers. Some people, you know, t tend to have the mindset of, you know, you hear that the Islam is growing like crazy in Europe, in England. And then, you know, yoga is becoming, you know, super, uh, you know, popular all over the, the Western world, you know, with, 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 hin with uh, Hinduist ideas. And, and it's something I feel like, what is wrong with the church? Like, you know, if the, does the advancement, advancement of Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism means that the Christians or God is losing the battle? the battle of, for the hearts of people here on earth. Do you see it that way? Like, you know, more Islam means Christians are losing, like, you know, that approach of winners and losers. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a complex question, but a good one. <laughs> and I think uh, if you think of the way of Christ as belonging to, uh, you know, social political entity, uh, mm. you know, Christendom or the, you know, the, the Christian West, then perhaps, uh, you know, you, what the, the way you describe it has relevance. But hey, when Israel were in captivity in Babylon, was God losing the battle? Mm. Uh, on the other hand, you know, when the whole world was under the might of the iron uh, shoe of Rome, and uh, in a little town in Palestine, mm -hmm. a helpless baby was born in, uh, you know, a, uh, in a manger in the midst of dung and dirt of a stable. And a uh, uh, hundred years uh, later, you know, the, the Roman Empire has to give way, not hundred years, because much later, but eventually, let's say a few hundred years later, this movement, which was birthed in humble poverty uh, and at the death, the death of the founder, he left behind no bank balance, no organization, not even a book that he wrote himself. <laughs> uh, and yet today, 2,000 years later, the Roman Empire doesn't exist. 
mm. and uh, mm. the the church, and I mean the people of God as a li- living, vibrant yeah. community, uh, which, as you know, is uh, extremely vibrant in the south and east. Yes. Uh, in what you might describe as not west Western Christianity, mm-hmm. is more vibrant, more alive than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you see it all begin now, is that a triumph of Christianity? I don't know. I think, I think mm. uh, perhaps those who, I know this is not your argument, Octavia, but mm. those who think in those terms are thinking unbiblically because uh, mm. Jesus negated that in one simple statement when he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Right. And every time, every time Christians have tried to interpret it in those terms, uh, like they did during the, the, the Dark Ages, the, the Holy Roman Empire, showing up when Christianity was most global, that is in some, uh, in some sense when it was the darkest, wasn't it? Mm. When, mm. It, was, when yeah. it was, when all of Europe was supposedly Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christendom was equal to the world practically, with, except for uh, the periphery, you know, where the heretics and Jews and, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that's when the church was in some ways arguably, arguably at its worst. Mm. Uh, we, I mean, uh, no one challenges uh, the statement when we say those were the dark ages of the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, sorry, it's a long answer. Pardon me, I'm a little no. bit wordy, but, but no, I don't, think, I don't think God is losing anything. I think he sits <laughs> in the heaven, looks down and smiles. I think basically, and I say this in all, all humility, that this is uh, an indictment of, uh, to some extent, uh, a church in Europe, uh, and perhaps I don't think it's true of the West in general, and I be very careful to homogenize this phenomenon. Mm. But for the most mm-hmm. part, you know, the, the West uh, lost the plot when it came to the true meaning of Christianity. I mean, that's really helpful. When you're saying sort of the, the weakness of the church, do you think it's the weakness of the theological arguments or the weakness of the witness? Both, because I don't think you can separate the two. You know, right. Uh, I am very much feet on the ground, you know, uh, yeah. sort of person. Uh, but I believe that uh, it all, in you know, the, the, the foundation, the disease is bad theology. Yeah. And uh, uh, which is why places like Regent are so important. Mm. You know, right theology, right practice, healthy church. Yeah. Bad yeah. theology. Uh, you know, bad practice or unchristian practice and unhealthy church. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, it's both a, and. It's both yeah, and. Yeah, totally. Not- yeah. And so then what do, you, what do you see the kind of place of then sort of interreligious dialogue or apologetics sort of when it comes to sort of thinking through either differences or similarities in religions and, and how, do you, how do you understand that then? Are there any, like are there ways to do that well? Yeah, yeah, is that literal trying to you know to beat the other team or trying to find uh, a common ground or? Yeah, I I think it it I know it may sound like an oversimplification. I think it has to be a conversation between friends mm. who think differently on life, whose like worldviews are different, but who share a common humanness and deep within, out of the humanness aspirations that at least overlap if they're not uh, identical. 
And I think as as we as we uh, have those conversations as human beings, not seeking to show my way is better than yours as much as this is my experience. I want to share it with you and let me listen to yours. And how can how can I uh, how can my life uh, be a blessing to yours? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. a humble posture that says, you know what, there's a, there may be something I can learn from you. Uh, I think that's how it has to be uh, mm-hmm. in the world in which we live. And then, of course, along with that, uh, what are the common problems that uh, you and I face that we can tackle together? You know, I have a, mm-hmm. I, uh, if I can illustrate it, let yeah. me not give an illustration from my own context. I could, but let me give it since you all live in the West uh, illustration from the West. I have a friend in, uh, in, uh, in uh, the USA who's as evangelical a Christian as you can get. I mean, he's uh, white. He's, uh, he's evangelical. He is, uh, you know, he has even Pentecostal uh, deep influences upon his life. His theology is, is uh, you might even describe it as fundamentalist. Mm-hmm. So he lived in, a commu- in an area where, uh, you know, Muslim, a church was sold to Muslims. And that created a lot of tension within the community. And obviously, you can, you know, without going into detail, there was, there was us and them tensions mm. uh, and so yeah. on and so forth. So one day when he was praying, he felt God telling him to build a bridge. So I'm, I'm, of course, compressing the whole journey. But one day he just showed up at the mosque and he said, you know what? He said, uh, I'm a Christian of, of a certain fundamentalist type. I believe I'm going to heaven. And those who follow the way of Christ are going to heaven. And, you know, people who don't follow our way are going to hell. You believe the same about me. Let's get that out of the way. But our, <laughs> children, our children have to grow up in this community. What kind of community we do, uh, uh, environment do we want our children to grow up in? Mm-hmm. And of course, that was the first step in a journey. Uh, and as it went further, of course, he got into trouble with his elders because, uh, you know, he, he invited them into the church for a talk that he gave comparing uh, Christianity and Islam. And he tested what he was saying about Islam with his Muslim friends and said, tell me if mm-hmm. I'm representing this accurately and invited them to church for that. And of course, mm-hmm. his some of his elders were really annoyed because for them, every Muslim is a terrorist or follower of Al-Qaeda. And mm-hmm. he lost some members because of that. So there was a price to pay. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm talking about people in the West dialoguing, having conversations. So today, he can walk over to the mosque. They welcome him. They enjoy tea. Uh, they come over to the church. Now, they haven't been converted, at least mm. not when I last heard. <laughs> uh, but they're friends. They're living yeah. together. And they yeah. don't have to dilute, make nonsense out of truth and reality mm. in order to do that, which is what pluralists yeah. do. <clears throat> Sorry for interrupting your podcast, but Claire Perini has something really, really important that she wants to share with you. For the last number of weeks and months, you will have had a little interruption from Octavio and I with me trying to say rgnt.net forward slash give. And the reason for that is um, that we love hearing from people who are enjoying and appreciating the podcast. We love hearing that. 
And we love hearing that you enjoy it so much that you want to give Regent a little bit of a donation to say thanks. And so this is an invitation to continue doing that or to do that for the first time uh, to allow us to continue to keep having these really good conversations with people all over the world about all sorts of things, about the good, beautiful kingdom of God and how it plays itself out in the life of everyday Christians. So if you would like to give a donation to Regent College to say thanks for the podcast, Octavia and I would be delighted. You can do that at rgnt.net forward slash give. And please, if you'd leave a donation, uh, write in the comment box over there that the podcast sent you. Enjoy Enjoy the rest rest of of our conversation. conversation. Yeah, like, you you know what I'm I'm thinking right now as we speak? I'm thinking about, you know, I know uh, I have friends that are, you know, getting getting equipped as missionaries to go to the Middle East, to go to, you know, Iran, Iraq, or Pakistan. or And they tell them, right, you know, this is Islam. This is what they do. This is what they like. This is what they believe. Uh, this is where they're wrong. This is where we ride. This is your strategy. You know, y- y- this is the best strategy we know of, you know, to when, you know, when you go and live over there, you have to do this and that. So, you know, they, they go into, let's say, Pakistan or Iran, and they they have this whole you know uh, preconcept in what 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 uh, you know uh, Muslims are like and what they do and what they don't like, and which I I believe a lot of it, a lot of it is helpful, but a lot of it is like really un, unhelpful because you go into a, a brand new uh, country you've never been in, and you know uh, you try to uh, you know make friends and try to share the gospel with all these preconcepts and, 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 and uh, preconceived ideas of what they are and what the religion is. And, and a lot of them, you know, once they are there, they find out they knew so little or a lot of the things that they were taught were sort of wrong because now that they live there, they have friends and families and they understand it's like, like it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a shocker. Right, it's a shocker. So yeah, so yeah, I just gotta put that out there because <laughs> you have to be there and live there and with them in order to somehow grasp what on earth they're talking about and what they're praying about. And a lot of this uh, preparation is some somehow unhelpful. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know the problem with us uh, Christians. I've done it. And by the way, if you don't mind, I prefer to, in our context to use mm. the term followers of Jesus Christ followers rather mm. than the word Christian because it, right. it, uh, Christian today means such a wide range of things that right. it, se- yeah. it sees to have the meaning that uh, mm. we wanted to have. But So you'll find me, uh, I'm trying to intentionally use the word Christian because I know that's the language you understand. But I, uh, my natural uh, no, terminology is yeah, Christ followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but... Uh, you know, we are so used to, and I've done it, you know, I've done it. I, you know, my early journey, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I, I've spent a lot of time preaching in the, on the streets and slums mm-hmm. in the city of Mumbai. So, you know, I am uh, as guilty of it. Uh, we are so used to shouting, Christ is the answer, Christ is the answer. Uh, we haven't stopped to listen mm-hmm. to the questions. What are the mm-hmm. questions? Uh, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the name Ravi Zacharias. 
a dear mm-hmm. friend who recently, but he shared this, the, uh, and I've had that happen to me as well. Uh, a very eager family in a church that he was speaking at invited him home to, and uh, because they wanted him to witness to a neighbor who was of Indian origin, a very high placed uh, a diplomat, I think. And uh, 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 Ravi's first meeting over tea with this diplomat, uh, he began the conversation by saying, what do you believe? Mm-hmm. Where are you on your spiritual journey? And this humble, uh, stately Indian diplomat smiled at him and said, uh, you know, I'm so glad you asked that because these friends of mine, my neighbors, have for months and years been trying to shove the gospel down my throat, telling me Jesus mm-hmm. is the answer. Mm-hmm. And what they believe, they never once uh, asked me what you just asked me, mm-hmm. uh, what I believe. Uh, and that's very typical, isn't it? Yeah. You know, in our enthusiasm and in our uh, desire to share Jesus, we fail to do something that's very basic to, to any form of communication and especially to communication about something as important as uh, uh, the way of Christ that leads people to eternal salvation. And that is to listen. Mm-hmm. Where are you hurting? What are the problems you're facing? Where you are in your journey? Uh, What do you believe? What is important to you? Uh, How do you, uh, you know, how do you talk to God? Do you believe in God? And if so, how do you uh, talk to God? What does your faith mean to you? What does your religion mean to you? These These are simple questions as human beings who really are interested uh, in our neighbors finding truth and reality in Christ, we should be asking rather than an approach which is akin to adding scalps to our belt, you know, one more person, we yeah. managed to shove the four right. spiritual laws down their throat and they've got their, we've got <laughs> them uh, to say the sinner's prayer, one more convert yeah. Uh, yeah. added to my belt. So, yeah. yes, Octavia, I agree with you, I think. Yeah, and then the question is, how, how do we do that better, right? If, if I'm, you know, let's say from Bolivia or from Switzerland. And, you know, I really have a heart for people in Mumbai. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I know the religions you find in Mumbai. And I, and I do want to go as a missionary. How do I do that better? How do I, what, what sh- do you think should be the approach, me as an outsider in, that really has a heart for, for missions th- down in Mumbai? You know, I think, this, you know, this, the, I, I, the, the, the simple way to think about it is if you want to woo a girl you are <laughs> attracted to or uh-huh. a guy you're attracted to what would you do <laughs> you'd want to know okay. all you can about the person before you approached him or her right mm-hmm. yeah so learn all you can before you come uh, before you meet the person two try your best to build a bridge to me, that is absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to win a person's trust unless you first decide to build a bridge. And the first step in doing that, of course, is to learn to listen. Ask a question that, uh, that is humble. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus did that, didn't he? Woman, I'm thirsty. Give me a drink of water. Mm-hmm. I need you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you begin by asking a question. 
And of course, that question presupposes respect for the other person as a person, respect for their journey, respect for their culture, their, their, their tradition that mm -hmm. they lived in. You don't negate it, uh, you know, uh, right away, uh, a priori at least. And then after you uh, have taken time to listen and build a bridge, uh, I think relationship building. I think we should try and first be friends. And friends unconditionally. Yeah. You know, not Regardless. friends because, you know, yeah. I, I, your game, you know, you're mm -hmm. someone I, 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 want to, I want to shoot for the gospel. So I'm mm -hmm. going to track you down. I'm going to stalk you and be your friend. But I have this motive. But I'm really interested in you as a person. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you'll find, I, I find it uh, very natural when you show interest in a person, genuine interest, uh, and uh, ask them where they're hurting, what their needs are. And a lot depends, of course, upon the amount of time you have with the person. If you have time to build a extended, sustained relationship, you obviously need to go very slow. But if it's a one-time conversation with someone in an airplane or at an, an airport or in a restaurant, then, of course, you would do your best to, uh, when they, uh, to ask them where they are on their journey. And uh, most, most often, almost always, they'll turn around and ask you, well, what do you think? Mm. That's in its yeah. simplest form. What do you think? Uh, what do you yeah. believe? And, uh, uh, you know, what, what do you think is the meaning of life? Or, mm. um, you know, when you ask me a question about what's important to me, what is really important mm. to you? What's your purpose in life? Those kind of questions. And, and that's, of course, the opportunity you get to share with that person. And, of yeah. course, as much as, for me, share approaching a person of other faith, and I, uh, I, I know I'm making it simple, but I think it really is simple, is building that bridge to a place where you can share your experience, your journey, your story, and if and when you can connect that story to his story, Jesus' story, and you're in a place where you can do one of two things, possibly both, share with them, or bring them to a place where they can read a portion of the gospel and come into contact with a group of vibrant believers and then get out of the way. I mean yeah. it. Let let if God's word and the life of the spirit as experienced within authentic community mm -hmm. uh, doesn't do it, you and I can't. Mm -hmm. And then the, then it's up to that person to respond to what light they receive through the gospel mm -hmm. and through the spirit as experienced within. Community it can be a community of a small group of five or ten people, or it can be a, a large community of, of uh, believers that are gathered together. But once you have done that, you pray and you say, "Lord, I pray that this person, now that he has heard the gospel or she has heard the gospel and experienced your presence in and through the life of a group of believers, that they will say yes to you, Lord." And when they do say yes, and you are in a position to disciple them, nurture them, you do that. If not, just get out of the way because uh, I'm not sure you can ever effectively 
lead a person to Christ by threatening them with hell if they don't do it you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. no yeah that's but it here here's where my mind is going now um so if if we if we are kind of ultimately wanting to lead people toward Christ in a way that's real and authentic and in relationship and not with a but but we are still thinking that that we're we're sort of still saying that Jesus is the savior of all how does that not negate sort of other religions or sort of minimize those how do you how do you understand that yeah i think that's the beauty of the gospel yeah because uh you know unfortunately and uh, it's easy to to uh uh you know to to have to judge on hindsight but unfortunately uh our forefathers admission all good intentions uh sold the gospel or presented the gospel with its cultural packaging so mm-hmm. i don't want to go into the details of mission history but you will see in mission history that uh the goals of evangelization and uh christianization or westernization were often confused so when people presented the gospel they presented it with the cultural package in other words mm-hmm. uh they just had a, a very over simplistic understanding of uh what it meant for people to accept the gospel for me as an if i was an indian hindu a century ago to follow christ meant i would have to not only follow jesus i would have to learn uh be anglicized uh westernized i'd have to change the way i dress i would have to change what change what i eat mm. i would have to reject completely the culture of my forefathers and uh essentially become a foreigner not just in terms of my faith but a uh, culturally be a foreigner in my own uh uh native soil mm-hmm. now uh, fortunately in more recent times folk like andrew walls and lamen sane yeah. have done a brilliant job of showing why mm-hmm. the gospel is universally relevant because mm-hmm. precisely the genius of the gospel is that you have a pilgrim element in it which is the core of gospel truth uh you know it's transcendent it's super cultural uh mm-hmm. the the charisma of the gospel but this charisma can put on indigenous clothing wherever it goes uh and that is what uh andrew walls would call the indigenizing principle mm-hmm. so the beauty of the gospel is that and christ he can put on the cultural clothes of any culture so when we have a more discerning application of the christian gospel to a culture uh the the when we sift the cultures with uh you know christological criteria as defined in the in the bible you know uh, our, our only document that we have which which tells us what the will of god in christ is so when we sift cultures you'll find there are some things about culture which are neutral right you know whether i use my fingers or chopsticks or uh, mm-hmm. uh cutlery you know language is neutral uh there are some things about all cultures which are demonic the evil idolatry mm-hmm. caste in indian the indian context a racism in the western context materialism in the western context 
And I can go on and point out in every culture, there are demonic elements which Christ judges. So there are elements of culture which Christ affirms, there are elements of culture which Christ judges, and there are elements of all any culture which, which uh, Christ uh, Christianity celebrates. For instance, in India, there's the, there the culture of hospitality. It's true of many Eastern cultures, deeply embedded in the gospel, not so mm -hmm. prominent in the West, but which is highlighted within non-Christian cultures in a way that I'm, as, you know, even Christian Western cultures, Western Christian cultures don't, don't display. Why the culture of, uh, of, uh, uh, of reverence for the things of God, uh, the respect for authority, mm. uh, so much about non-Christian cultures or non-Western cultures rather, that Christ affirms and celebrates. Uh, so Christ, when truly understood, doesn't negate everything in the cultures that he enters into. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I would submit that Christ, in fact, brings the best elements of any culture to its zenith in, mm. in bringing it to its... And we, you see this in people of other faiths when they come to Christ. Uh, there are many, many aspects of, of their pre-Christian experience that are highlighted and deepened when they find Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's something yeah. that... Yeah. If, you are, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you look at that and you begin to realize, hey, I don't have that. I need to learn yeah, from yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that yeah. answers your question, yeah. Claire. It does. It does. It does. And you know what, Ivan? That's actually a great place for us to end, I feel like, in this whole thing, that there's the confidence in, in the gospel as, as being something that, that, that will always be good news to yeah. all people at all times. Um, and so thank you so much for your time. Thanks for staying up past midnight to talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure and joy. And we'll, we'll hopefully have a, a conversation another time. Yeah, Doctor, I would love to have you again. We, I mean, I mean, we have so much to learn, right? That we, we, we want to talk to you because we want to learn. So hopefully, we'll 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 have you here. So again, do I. Again. But make sure uh, you you greet everyone in Regent College, whether they know me. We or will not, and thank For them sure. especially. The names I mentioned: Paul Spilsbury, Diane yeah. uh, oh. Stinton. Please convey warmest regards on behalf of Sheila and I. Uh, Egypt will always have a very special place in our hearts. Great, great. And by the way, thank, thank you, so much, thank so you for what you do. Uh, uh, you know, for the work of God and for vision in particular. Blessings. Blessings to you too, Blessings, Ivan. Thank Doctor. you so much. Have a good day. Bye bye. Okay, take care. Thanks for listening to the Regent College podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to discover more about Regent College its upcoming events, conferences, courses, and more content like this, visit rgnt.net. That is rgnt.net.